Welcome to Kava and Kettlebells, where we talk about kava, fitness, and life. Let's get kava fine. Hey everyone, welcome back to Kava and Kettlebells. This is Charles. Hey guys, this is Heidi. Thank you so much for tuning back in. If you haven't already, please rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Follow us on whatever platform you are listening. Share with your friends and family. Follow us on Instagram at kava underscore kettlebells and really help us get this message out. All right, guys. So on today's episode, we're super excited to interview Chase and Marina with Lacuna Kava Bars. So thank you guys for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having us on. We're excited too. It's been a long time coming and uh, a lot has happened in the kava industry recently. So I think it's a great time to jump on and get to chat with you guys. Awesome. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Well, so I kind of want to start off, um, if both of you could just kind of give us your backgrounds and kind of specifically how you actually got into kava and and found the plant. Yeah, so um, I grew up in Florida, and down in Florida, kava bars are like all the rage. So (laughs) um, I used to own a CrossFit gym, and during my daily breaks, I'd go and hang out at the kava bar, I'd drink a Kratom, and kind of give me my boost for the remainder of the day. And uh, one day I decided that uh, I needed to change the things. So I bought an RV, moved to Arizona, took a job selling mortgages, uh, didn't like it a bit. And I said, oh, crap, I'm in, a, I'm in a new state with no friends and, you know, no income. What do I do? So uh, I sat down and did a Bliss Venn diagram and figured out that Kava and opening a Kava bar fit with everything I was qualified to do and really was about in life at that point. And so... That's kind of how Lacuna got its start. Um, we've been around about five years in Phoenix, a little over, what is it, two now in Sedona. And uh, Marina's been with me the bulk of that time. So, Marina, why don't you kind of tell us your Kava story here, or Lacuna story? Yeah, Kava, oh my goodness. I don't even know where to really start because the first time I had Kava, I didn't actually know I was drinking Kava. And it was when I was at my friend's house in Florida. So I kind of had some idea that there was some more teas out there that I didn't know about, but it was really when I got to Arizona because I moved here right after, like right in the middle of the pandemic really. And I was looking for some healing from my anxiety. And so I was attending these like yoga type wellness events and Lacuna Kava Bar was vending at one of them. And I had a sip of one, but I didn't, I still wasn't really sure what it was until I had one of those just magic friends say, hey, I see your new year. Let's go meet for a cup of kava. And I was like, coffee? And they're like, no, kava. (laughs) So I showed up at Lacuna Kava Bar the next day and I, it just, it it was a magical moment that brought me in and I started working there within a month after that. But the main thing that brought me there had to do with anxiety. I've had panic disorder for almost a decade and I was just so sick of having doctors tell me that I needed to have some sort of medication or like all of the fitness things I wasn't doing. It felt like it was mostly hitting the mark, but there was still a little bit of something there that was missing. And the minute I found Kava at Lacuna specifically, it's like I immediately gained that control back in my life where anxiety had taken it from me. So that's the short version of my Kava story. (laughs) That's really cool. And um, I kind of do want to hit on that piece uh, because you mentioned anxiety and uh, a lot of like what we tell our listeners, you know, besides, because a lot of people look at 
you know, kava as like an alcohol replacement, especially kind of like with the, you know, the bar setting for that social piece. But it also has so many of those medicinal benefits from it. And the anti-anxiety piece of kava is, is huge. And, you know, we really try to stress that to people who, um, you know, might be on like, you know, pharmaceuticals or might be looking for something before they kind of step into that. Like, hey, try kava. It's a, it's a, a natural plant. Um, you know, it's it's fun to drink. You can, you know, do it with your friends. Uh, and a lot of people actually go to kava for the anxiety piece. Yeah, so I think that is that is so awesome to hear just how it brought you into kava. Um, so when you, you guys are both from Florida, but you guys met in AZ, so you didn't know each other in Florida? No, yeah, I'm actually not from Florida. I was visiting a friend in Florida oh, when that happened. Oh, gotcha. I'm okay. Chicago, but gotcha. <laughs> somehow okay. ended up over here. Okay, so we're actually but. originally from, like, Arizona, and um, we're in Alabama right now, but we were, uh, Charles is in the Air Force, and we were in Tucson, um, but we're from the Phoenix area, so we would go up there a lot. And Lacuna, when we were there, was really only one of two kava bars that yeah. was up in the it Phoenix area. Two. It was Kava Sutra and Lacuna. So I feel like Lacuna Phoenix was kind of the one of the OGs in Arizona. Um, so how was that kind of being on the forefront of kava bars in Arizona? Uh, well, I'll speak into that personally. I think there's no better place to be than on the forefront of an emerging industry. Yeah. Um, Facts. You know, you have everyone's attention and you get to introduce them to this really cool thing. So one of the circles in the Venn diagram that I mentioned earlier was like, what does the world need? Right. And we and for me, I had been to this new town where there was no place to go hang out. If I didn't want to be around alcohol and go to a nightclub and have that kind of lifestyle, like there wasn't much to do, especially as hot as it is over here. So. Um, I love the spirit of that, of like Kava specifically, but also of Kava bars, how it does bring people together. You know, me and Marina have become the best of friends along this journey and growing together. And it's like, if you really lean into this business, it's uh, so much to offer as far as community and connection and like keeping your life on the right track. Um, it's really, yeah. And to be able to introduce that to people who've never seen that before, you know, that's, that's just, oh, what a joy it is. No, that's that's awesome, man. That's so true. Kind of about you know the scene of the Kava Bar. Uh, I am curious. Um, so you guys are kind of like located. For those who don't know, like Phoenix, um, the Lacuna Kava Bar Phoenix is like located like downtown, downtown. Um, did you want to be downtown, or were you looking at other spots throughout the city, or was it kind of like always the desire to start the first Lacuna Cabin Central Phoenix? Well, so the the building that we are in, I have thought about this a hundred times over and I'd pick it all over again because of the eclecticness of the neighborhood. When we moved into it, had a really like artsy kind of vibe. There were murals all over down the street. So it was like a walking neighborhood where people would go to one business and the next and grab a drink here and a burger there. And, uh, so I think that really just fit with what we were looking for as far as the Kava Bar, because being that you're in a niche industry where there are so many barriers to marketing and barriers to entry and just, I mean, silly stuff around the finances, um, it, it's, we found it most effective being on the forefront of that new industry to be in a place where we could organically introduce ourselves to the neighborhood. Yeah, I love that. And you guys really do have a great location in that area. Exactly what you said, just kind of business to business, just very, you know, welcoming and encouraging you to just explore other areas. Do you feel like you were welcomed pretty well um, from like the other businesses around you? 
Oh yeah, definitely. Our neighbors were great to work with. I mean, we've held staff meetings or like private events across the street. Um, and it was interesting in the very beginning when we opened up, like you said, we were the first ones in Arizona. You know, we kind of helped the next guys, uh, you know, with some vendor relationships and things like that, because it was like, there was nothing happening in this industry other than what we were doing. Um, and so even like the inspectors and stuff didn't really know how to handle it when we told them. So it was kind of an interesting experience to be uh, introducing everyone to it and having to go through those conversations of like, what is Kava, you know? Um, yeah. Didn't know. Did you guys hit any red flags, especially when it came to like Kratom? Um, you know, same thing. We were so far in the front end of it that, that people didn't really know anything about it. So that wasn't really a huge issue for us in the very beginning. But throughout business, we've definitely had some challenges and had to figure out how to overcome them. You know, we're in the process right now of doing a whole new private software that does everything in-house so that we have, you know, ownership of all the data and, and there there will be no issues moving forward because the litigation is still, you know, up in the air and in more smaller areas. Oh, that's awesome. And that I, sounds really helpful. Yeah. And also we still have issues where I shouldn't even say issues. It's more of like these exciting opportunities to engage with the professionals in the community to educate them. So we had a new health inspector come through that we hadn't seen before. Like he wasn't the same one as the last time. And we had to educate him on how to read the labels and what they meant because he had never even encountered these pros these products before. Yeah. I feel, man, especially with Kava, even more so Kratom, like the education piece is huge uh, for people who never, you know, been around it or, you know, know what it is. Um, I think there's, well, even like if you just, you know, go on Google and you look up Kava, you know, immediately you start, you know, you people are like, oh, liver damage, all this kind of stuff. You look up Kratom and it's like all this, again, crazy stuff out there when in reality it kind of comes down to just education piece. And I feel like the Kava bars are kind of on the forefront of that education piece. So talking a little bit about Lacuna specifically, I liked, I remember going to the bar with your all's menu. You had everything kind of separated out from Kava and Kratom and kind of what the effects were. Um, I don't remember the name the, f the first time we went there, the Kava tender, but they were also very like educational on like what each drink was. Is that something you all really try to instill in your staff and your Kava tenders is that education piece? Yeah, it's definitely a responsibility that we feel being on the forefront of an emerging market like this. You know, like you said, there is so much misinformation out there. And um, luckily, Marina used to work in a laboratory, so she loves to measure things and write them down. And we <laughs> nice. just made a whole practice culturally. Maybe you want to tell them a little bit about how that influences not only the customer experience, but the staff as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I used to work for a lab that basically anytime you see a nutrition label on something, I wrote the SOP to make sure that it was in alignment with what the FDA wanted and, you know, just general food safety. And so, you know, it's it's interesting because even even people within our industry, we're still having to educate and make sure that we have certificate of analysis of every single product that comes through so we understand the integrity of everything. And then I... I try my hardest to make sure that everybody on staff has understands that data. So even if they weren't 
ever working in a lab or they don't have a degree in anything science related. I, I try my hardest to make sure that they get every single piece of information so that they can pass that along to the next person. Because like Chase mentioned, it really is our responsibility being in the forefront of this to make sure that we can maintain this industry um you know because sometimes if you go to like smoke shops for example they're not always going to have the most regulated products in there nope. right sometimes yep. they don't even have <laughs> labels on them and you're like what is this is this cut with something else so yeah it's, it's nice to be able to help educate people beyond just kava bars but how do you turn this into a lifestyle of being able to discern what is a good product, what isn't, how is this going to help me, and what is the lowest dose I can take in order to have this help me so I don't just develop right. another bad habit. Yeah, I love that. Like, I really love that because, um, of course, we love kava bars. Like, we love Lacuna. Um, but we, it is, it's a lifestyle. Like, we like to mix, you know, kava at home. Um, but it is so important for, you know, your customers to be educated about that and to know exactly what you said, to know what to look for. So I love that you guys really prioritize educating your staff in order to educate um, your customers. And honestly, like, there's a lot of kava bars that, that don't prioritize that. And I think it's, um, it can be dangerous in the sense that, you know, you want to make sure exactly what you said, that the client customer is taking the least amount necessary in order to get the effects they want and not overdoing it. Um, have you guys run into any issues before with, you know, customers overdoing it or needing to sort of reel them in at all? I mean, you're always going to have the occasional person that comes in and, you know, didn't have enough to eat, went sure. too far on their hike, is super dehydrated. But as a general rule, know that that, that culture of self-responsibility that's built into, you know, uh, the way we handle the products as well as even, you know, staff roles within the business is something that is fostered within our community. And that's the cool thing about a Kava bar is it is such a tight niche community that you can really uh, influence those things from the top down as well as from the, from the bottom up um, from having you know pillars of the community maybe a regular that's the bar and you can work with them and coach them on how to you know support if the staff is busy and um, so we, we really haven't had too much issue with it because of that stance that we've taken nice that makes sense uh, if, if you guys don't mind asking you don't have to like you know give me like your suppliers and everything but kind of when it comes to your kava you know, specifically, like, what, what sort of kava does, and it might differ between um, Lacuna Phoenix and Lacuna Sedona, but, you know, do you guys offer, you know, Vanuatu, Tongan, um, you know, Fijian Waka? Like, what's kind of your go-to kavas, and also kind of, like, what's, like, your best seller? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, we work with, we have a partnership, and I don't mind saying it because we love this partnership with Calm With Kava. Oh, nice. And they okay. have just been the number one most reputable and reliable dealer of Noble Kava from day one. Um, and I know a lot of companies have issues with that, So, but we get, we get Tongan Kava, Fijian Kava, and Vanuatu Kava. And we have a uniform menu across both locations so that we can meet and exceed a customer's expectations. And they know that they can come here and get the same drink, their favorite drink that they got there. And uh, I'd say Fijian is probably the favorite, wouldn't you, Marina? Yeah, definitely. Fijian is what people always start with. And then once they become a regular and they start to understand the difference between the strains, then they'll start to move to the other strains depending on 
what they're working on that day. So it's like Tongan will be to, will tend to start the day, and then Fijian is the bulk of the day, and then we've always got those Vanuatu's at the end that want to sleep better. Yeah, that's I I tend to lean um, towards heavy kavas. So a lot of the kavas that we pick up are in, uh, you know from Vanuatu, um, but I do like a good like Fiji and Waka for like daytime drinking. Yeah. So I would love to hear a little bit more about how um, opening the Sedona location went when Charles and I were, so we grew up in the Phoenix area. We went to Arizona State and that was always, you know, in our poor college days, we would always go up to Sedona. That was like our, you know, getaway and vacation. And I really think it is, um, for those who haven't ever been to Sedona, it's just a very unique vibe and culture, and I think it is so perfect to have a kava bar. So I'd love to hear just how that journey has been. Oh, it's been a wild ride. Uh, so I will tell you that when we we opened up here in Sedona, it was all the rage. We had a uh, line of people, not a line, a crowd of people like out to 179, and the whole parking lot was filled, and it was like that for weekends on end. Um, even the weekdays, and we had DJs seven nights a week. It was really when people were starting to uh, come back to community, right, after everything we had been through for the year prior to that. And we were the, we were the coolest thing since sliced bread. It was great, right? <laughs> and then interestingly, maybe six months later, it's just there was this big drop-off, you know? Um, Why? Why do you was, think that and, was? And, and, What's that? Why do why you think there was a drop-off? Well, I'm thinking, first of all, it might have been maybe too much of a good thing. Right. Um, we had DJs, and we had really leaned into the night like night vibe of Lacuna. And what's interesting is you guys probably know this. Like, Kava bars have two totally different feels from day to night. Yes. Right? By day, it's like you can chill. You can work on your computer. Everybody kind of is talkative. and But it's like a calmer energy. And then at night, a lot of Kava bars begin to, like, pick up more like a bar or even, like, we leaned in more towards the feel of the nightclub. And uh, so I think the environment changed. The novelty of being back out in a club environment was kind of had worn off. And what was cool is that through having Sedona, we have really gotten back to the roots of what a kava bar was because we have now open mics here and it's such a small community that's like really warm environment and everybody's just like open and fully expressed up there and it's really beautiful type of experience. And so we've gone from like one polar end of, of the vibe of Lacuna and to the other where we pulled away and didn't have really any events at one point. And now we've kind of found our rhythm, and it's ironically, you know, closer to what we started with than not. <laughs> so I'm going to – you don't have to answer this question, but I, <laughs> I'm i just curious. Which – between the two kava bars, do either of you have a preference for what you feel like is like kind of your home bar or the bar that you like to frequent the most? <laughs> and this is a hard question. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I started as a kava tender in Phoenix and was just so deeply in it. Became the general manager there after a year of kava tending. And now I'm in the brand director position, so I get to work with Sedona more. And I did help open the Sedona store. A lot like, you know, when you're a kid and you're, you know, you're just, just you and your parents and then the younger sibling comes along and you're like, what's happening? There's a new <laughs> dynamic. So we had to focus on figuring out what made each store, you know, 
it's stand on its own. And now I'm at this point where now that I got to work so deeply with Phoenix and the flow in that internal team is working so well, I get to spend more time in Sedona and, and I love it more and more every day. So it's funny because it all depends on what kind of life moment I'm in. If I'm kind of feeling like more self-reflective, I want to have like really like deeply spiritual moments, like where I want to just really connect and stare at the nature, the natural beauty around, I'm going to hang out at Sedona. In Phoenix, though, I'm going to, I love hanging out there when I'm in more of like my entrepreneurial mindset. I want to collaborate with a whole bunch of people and get like a lot of momentum done. So it's like each store has its own unique personality. And I can't say I love one more than the other, just that I was, I came from one and now I get to experience both. And I'm just so grateful. That makes sense. And it, it kind of makes sense like with the um, people from Arizona kind of know the vibe between the two cities. But, you know, Sedona is very much more, I feel like, connected to nature, a little bit more laid back. Whereas, uh, especially Phoenix now, it's so like hustle and bustle. It's like I understand like when you're down there, you kind of feel like, you know, kind of more that entrepreneurial mindset, you know, looking to make connections, maybe do some business type stuff. So that, that makes sense to me. Now, are you guys living in, like, do you, Marina, do you live in the Phoenix area? And Chase, are you living in Sedona? Oh, well, Marina, you got to let me tell this story because this is <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, you know, we were like the first Kava bar in Arizona and we, we've tried to stay ahead of the trends in every aspect of our business, all the way down to like our herbal spritzer line, which has no Kava Kratom, but there's like a whole bunch of different herbs in each of them. And, um, so we even do the same thing in our business structure. And, and one of the things that we're all about is entrepreneurial spirit and like creating your own opportunities. So Marina decided that she wanted to live in California near family and, and per, you know, move into that kind of that next phase of life in a way. She still has her heart connected to Lacuna. And so we're like, how can we do this? So she's literally trained up entire management staff to run a coffee bar without a general manager. And she works out in California remotely oh, and nice. obviously has moved into more of a global space of working with me directly in Sedona and our staff, but also like taking on a comprehensive approach to like management from a brand director perspective. And she created this job for herself. And so she lives in California now, which is kind of. Wow. Like, very cool. It'd be impossible in a coffee bar setting, right? Yeah, <laughs> that is cool. And um, Chase, do you live in Phoenix, man, or are you in Sedona? So I ended up in Sedona because we got a, uh, a bathroom added on our third red line review. I call it the Sedona tourist tax, right? And uh, <laughs> it was a challenge to get this place open. So I literally pulled my RV up to Sedona, parked it on uh, BLM land for the first couple weeks and got my tool belt on and started working. And uh, I haven't left since. And I've really come to, I would say, to answer your question earlier, I love Phoenix and it's always going to have a place in my heart, but I have come to call Sedona home. And, um, I get that. You know, I see these people on a daily basis where over the course of the years, Phoenix still has a few of the OGs that, like, I know. And, like, I come to Phoenix, I call them, we go have our kava shells together, right? But the people, especially being near the school, it, it changes seasonally. Um, so it's a new, new round of customers and I'm not as connected with many, as many of them as I used to be there. So yeah, I love them both and they're totally different. They really reflect like the unique culture of each city. 
you know, you go to Phoenix and it's got that like downtown kind of vibe to it. Right. And the people that are there, they're really warm and open just because they're in a Kava bar, obviously. But and then in Sedona, it totally has that kind of like outside the box. You know, you catch people wearing some different clothes than you would in the city. And, <laughs> and uh, it's neat to kind of see that reflection of kind of like the two two versions of the same thing, you know? Yeah. No, that's dude. That that totally makes sense. And um, it, it's funny too because you mentioned like you always have like a spot in Phoenix for your heart. It's kind of the same with, um, I feel like us, but you know we're I call Phoenix home, and I don't know if we'll ever go back, but it's always got that that place in my heart. Like yeah, I miss it, sure. you know. But I so I want to share a memory I have, <laughs> um, specifically of being down the Lacuna Cava Bar. What, was, it, was it our first time? I think it was. It was our... No, it was our last time. Okay. Oh, so, you didn't you didn't prep us on this before the call, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's it's a, it's a funny memory, but it's what I always remember um, from Lacuna. It was our our last time there. Um, so we were we were there. Charles was about to. Or no, sorry, sorry. It, was it, it wasn't our. Time. It wasn't our last time. It was right before I had deployed to Afghanistan, so it felt like a, a long time because it was right before we left. Like literally, like. Yeah, three two, days, two, two or three days. Yeah, two days later, I went to Afghanistan for a long deployment. So that's why it just seemed like a while ago. But we were there for a wedding in Phoenix uh, for one of Heidi's, like... She was my roommate in college. And so we went to the bar and, like, you know, like I'm in, like, a, a suit and everything for the wedding. <laughs> and we stopped by the bar. <laughs> and I remember I uh, specifically gotten, like, a Kratom tea, right? And I was drinking it, and like I straight up spilled this tea all over my my suit, like my white shirt and stuff like that. And uh, and then he got, well, then he spilled a shell of coffee too. <laughs> yeah, so like it's just really funny, man, because like we were we were all dressed up and stuff, and we went we wanted to go hit Lacuna before we went to this wedding. Um, and like yeah, just like spilled all over myself. It was like a very light colored shirt too. So whenever we think of Lacuna, that's what we think about. <laughs> <laughs> but like, <laughs> it's just it's just a funny memory that we have um, of being down there. But I remember specifically, I, I had gotten like uh, a yellow yellow kratom and then a kava. But um, no, we we have good memories of the Phoenix location. I would definitely. I mean, I would love to go check out the, the Sedona yeah. spot. It sounds like a very, very different vibe. Um, but let's talk. So, okay, let's talk a little bit more about. I want to hear from your perspectives on Kava industry as a whole and kind of where it's going, if you guys don't mind shifting a bit towards that way. Yeah, and I would say also um, both as a whole in the, in the country and also in Arizona because being, you know, the first kava bar in arizona they're popping up all over the place now you know when we we left arizona a year ago and i think there was like three or five i think there was like including tucson there was like maybe five in the whole state and now i want to say there's like at least 10 yeah they're so popping i'd love up to hear your thoughts on the arizona specifically and then as a as a country so um in regards to Arizona, yeah, you guys are right. There's got to be close towards 10 now. And it's been really interesting to kind of see how that shifted um, even operations, right, in a Kava bar because we're still very educational forward, but it's not as, as much demanded as, as it was in the very beginning. Um, 
Yeah, I think the kava bar industry is really, it's still in those emerging stages. You know, Florida's got its its fair saturation of them, and there's, you know, a handful in New York and California and Texas. But beyond that, there is still, especially we notice it in Sedona because of the amount of tourism that we get here. You know, people come in from Iowa, for example, they have no idea what any of this stuff is. Yeah. Right? And their minds are just totally blown. And I think for sometimes for us, like, it's old news, and we've got to remember, like, we get to introduce somebody into like an entirely new way of thinking and living, right? The paradigm that they knew that's been programmed in through so many TV commercials on the Super Bowl and everything, right? It's like there's another alternative to what a social experience looks like. And it's really, it's cool to be able to offer that. And so, yeah, I think that we're going to continue to see it's not going anywhere. Um, what we've we've noticed is there's going to be more kava bars. There's going to be more products available. We've had a huge influx with the alcohol free 2023 campaign that was, you know, going on um, a huge influx of canned beverages. So lots of canned products. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. And, and both in the kava kratom in the CBD spectrum, we've got canned beverages that have like nootropic mushrooms and help you think better. Um, the other thing we've really seen an uptake in is a lot of the shots, the little like two ounce shooters. Now those, I would say, uh, we, we limit our selection to those just to try to keep it to the premier quality stuff. Another thing that's kind of interesting is, uh, we're working with a company called Three Spirits, and so we've done this herbal elixir line with them. Ooh. And uh, I mentioned earlier, it has like a whole bunch of different herbs in it, anything from like Damiana to vanilla orchid to ginger to white willow bark. And they have ones for socializing and euphoria. They've got one for energy. They got one for they call it nightcap for in the evenings to wind down. And uh, so I think you're going to see a lot of kava bars moving from the traditional model into a more stream model, a mainstream model. And that was really something that we set our intention and sights on from the very beginning is to make kava sexy, right? To make it cool where anybody could walk in off the street and feel comfortable in there and know that they got the right drink for themselves. And um, we've, uh, we've seen even like the bar in Flagstaff near us. They, they were doing the kava shells, you know, with coffee in the pumpers and, and now they've got a few mocktails on the chalkboard and it's really exciting. Like, to see them come because he was a customer of ours before he opened that bar in Flagstaff, right? And we talked to him about kind of what we did and, and it took them a little bit of time to get their feet on the ground and then they found that nice rhythm and they, and they upgraded their menus. So I think you're going to see it really become a professional type of industry and where there's a lot of opportunity happening. You know, we're planning a franchise coming up and all of our staff are just totally stoked on it because they can be more than just a comic tender now. Which didn't that didn't exist, you know? Before us, it was there was maybe two companies in the country that had more than two locations or three locations, and uh, so I'm excited for that side of it. I have an entrepreneur at heart. Um, I love Kava, and like I said, that Venn diagram they overlapped, and that's why I ended up here. And a major part of that is that whole like entrepreneurial spirit and and seeing people take themselves on and and break through challenges and get to that next level. So to have a uh, infrastructure of business that supports that and, and customers that demand that kind of that level of expectation from Kava bars, it's really going to cause us all to rise together. And I think it's a great time to be in it. Yeah, it's such an exciting time. And honestly, like, the what a great tea up, by the way. It's like when I think about this question, I my mind immediately like throws it at the wall and says like, let me tell you where I want it to go. <laughs> because yeah. like 
like Chase says, we're at this really awesome moment with Lacuna where we have the momentum, the passion, the team to really take this to the next level. And previous to this, I, um, I moved to Arizona from Nevada. I was a showgirl. I was a performer. I ran away with the circus and had so much fun with it until COVID hit. And that was when I sobered up. I stopped drinking alcohol and I realized like everything that I had tried to do before was all about trying to help people, but I was helping them in a way that didn't, didn't actually get anybody out of a bad habit. Instead, they were just vacationing for the night with an entertainer. You know, they weren't right. doing anything. Whereas when I moved to Arizona and got to see Lacuna function as this spot where you can hang out as an adult and still have these meaningful moments, but they last longer than just, you know, the time that you're there. Like Lacuna and the products that, you know, we sell, they, they stay with you and even when you have left, they they change your perspective on things. So when I think about that as an industry as a whole, I'm so excited because there it, there's so many ripple effects where it helps. For example, when you have a performer who um, works in like an alcohol bar, typically they try to pay you in drink tickets. They're like, oh, just drink some alcohol and that's your payment. Or here's just like a couple 20s and that's it. But it, it's a very like they kind of keep you low, like keep your vibe low. Whereas in this opportunity, we're all sober, we're present and we have the ability to say, how can we make anything happen? So Chase and I are never the type of managers that say, no, we can't do that. We say, someone comes to us with the crazy idea. We're like, all right, so let's, you know, deconstruct that and figure out how we can make it happen. And that doesn't, that's just like literally impossible to do when you are inebriated in another way. So the way that this industry can go is so inspiring. And it's like, a, I feel like an, an answer to so many people's problems. And it's gonna, <laughs> I cannot wait for the next couple of years to see once the mainstream really gets to know what we do, you know, and we're refining that message as we get there. I think what both of you said is spot on. Um, and I, so I want to say this before I ask you guys this. Um, I completely like the fact that Kava bars um, offer other botanicals within the space, right? Um, whether it's Kratom, bringing CBD, other, you know, mushroom elixirs or other just botanicals in general, right? Um, Blue Lotus, things like that, that can come in and can, you know, accentuate the experience. Um, have you guys got any pushback from the community as far as combining kava with some of these other substances? Because um, there are some thoughts on how it can sort of corrupt the cultural identity of kava to have it combined with some other substances that, you know, traditionally aren't used with kava. Um, if we look back at sort of the indigenous, you know, use of it in the Pacific Islands. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a little bit advanced with culture because culture continually evolves, right? And you want to be able to honor those roots. And so we're always going to have kava shells served in coconut cups, right, as a traditional tea. Um, that being said, is everybody going to find that mainstream palatable? 
you know, in our experience, um, I think having both of those things and being able to honor and respect everything that kava is because it is so much more than just a root that grows in the ground like you said there's this extensive cultural history where you know tribal members would come together and you know they'd be super mad at each other and they'd settle a tribal dispute by sitting down and sharing a kava together yep. it would help them ground in and, and root in so that they could be clear and, and communicate effectively and so um, I think it's important to be able to do both of those things, right? It's to be able to honor and retain the roots, no pun intended, of what Kava is really about and to teach people about that and say, and beyond that, there's this available also. Because um, like like Marina said, you know, it's not like alcohol where it's, you know, keep drinking more. Kava does have a sacred respect for it. And so you may not want to have multiple Kavas in a night. You know, I'm a very light Kava drinker. I like a Tongan Kava. Um I feel really almost um, like too relaxed if I have a Vanuatu. So I like to have like a kava drink in the evenings if I'm hanging out. Um, I'll usually do a traditional shell and then I'll follow it up with maybe one of the elixirs later so that it's not um, so acute in any one effect either, which is, I think, an important approach to take. And um, but yeah, you, I, I do totally agree with you. Being able to honor that culture is, is a huge component of what makes kava bars different than other bars. Yeah, and I kind of agree, too, with what you said, though, that it's important, you know, for what is going to reach the average mainstream consumer and, you know, kava in its, you know, basic, just a basic shell of kava is, it's very different and it's scary for people. And so I do think that, in my opinion, being able to offer different alternatives in order to get them in the door to then educate them about, you know, what is Kava? What is the history? What is the culture behind it? Um, you know, that's a way to get them in the door and then you can sort of, you know, ease them into it. So I know there is a lot of controversy about it, but I think it's a good thing to just be able to expand um, the consumer market for it and just help educate people on it more. Um, so well, and that group. No, a growth and expansion has allowed us to actually plan a trip for this fall in to go into the islands where we're going to go visit some of these farmers, right? We're going to awesome. support them in other ways beyond just buying kava. And we get to learn and document all of that cultural history and the roots and sit with the you know tribal leaders. And we're going to be promoting all of that across our social media and our website and our online store. So it, um, the growth is essential to maintain the culture in a way. It's almost symbiotic. No, I think that's true, and um, I've uh, I've talked with a couple of farmers out in the islands, and you know, for them, it you know, I'm not saying everything's about money, but you know, it, it brings money to them to their communities. You know, money offers opportunities, um, which is a good thing. Uh, so I think you know, I think it's a very untapped you know, kind of market here in the States and the fact that like everyone knows what a beer is. Everyone knows what wine is or, you know, fucking a white claw. Right. <laughs> but not everyone knows what kava is, but you know, some of these botanicals, you know, kava, uh, kratom, uh, you know, cannabis, um, y- you know, they come from the earth. And I think they, I think everyone should have access to them. You know, I think they have their benefits and their uses, but you know, Kind of like what Heidi said, there there is also, I think, like a barrier to entry with kava. You know, people can be kind of off-put by drinking muddy water. Muddy water. <laughs> so I do, I like that aspect that a kava bar offers um, because, 
yeah, you have your traditional shells, but also you have, you know, some other mocktails or some options that kind of bring people into it. And hey, at least it gets them interested in kava. And I do think it kind of brings even awareness to kava, what it takes to farm it, you know, the culture behind it. Um, so I see it as a win. So taking a little bit of a, a sidetrack here, you had mentioned earlier that you had owned a CrossFit gym. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit about that just because we are, you know, all about both the kava botanicals, but also fitness is a huge part of our life. So I'd love to to hear how that was for you. Yeah, so um, it was definitely a very different experience than owning a kava bar. You know, you get up <laughs> at four in the morning, you rush into work, you know, slamming some coffee, maybe a little pre-workout, right? Yeah. You play some hip-hop music at full volume and you get <laughs> at it. And um I intentionally chose something that was the polar opposite of that because I had really had my full experience there. And so um, what's unique, I think, and really a blessing is that being in that more um, structured environment where it's all about setting goals and measuring weights and everything, I brought that to the Kava bar. Right. So we even have um, a goals program where we do every quarter with our staff. We do 30, 60, 90 days goals. They can break it all the way down into weekly promises to themselves. And so we bring that um, that level of like life coaching and leadership to the team. And Marina actually coincidentally did a very similar thing through a business that she had um, an academy for shuffle dancers. And she can tell us a little bit more about that, but same thing, right? Where her whole, like, her whole concept was to help people basically level up in whatever way that was. And so we just found a ton of alignment in that area. And I think it is a direct result of being in the fitness industry for so long. I mean, I went to school for that and everything. Um, and it's really where I saw my life going in the long term. And um, as we know, things change along the way and it's always an exciting opportunity, but it definitely take that whole background as like really being a foundation for um, the operational side of what we do here as much as the leadership side and, and with the team and, and having them take themselves on and really grow together. I like that. Yeah, I love that. And that's one thing that I tell my clients too is, um, you know, clients are always saying like, Oh, I need to feel motivated. I need to feel motivated. I said, no, stop chasing that motivation. You need to chase that discipline. And when you see people who are super successful on a fitness journey, you know that they were disciplined. You know that they were structured. You know that they put hard work in. And that carries over into every other aspect of life. So I love that you tangibly took that and put that to work, you know, with your kava bars as well. So that is um, so perfect, I think, for people to know that it does. It definitely just like carries over into um, every part of life. It just makes you a more, you know, disciplined, structured person. That that's great. Well, and you know, even having the health and fitness background, it's like there's a reason that I chose a healthy bar, you know, right, and yeah. then we do all laboratory testing on all of our products and stuff like that because health and wellness is. Uh, not only an essential component to life, but I think it's something that is in higher demand than ever before too, right? We need to find ways to improve our current health and wellness so that we can live our fullest lives. And that's one of the most beautiful gifts of a kava bar is like from, for a lot of people that come in the door, they find out what that looks like for them and who they really are along the way and what they're up to. No, that's true. And Chase, man, so obviously having a background um, we were kind of coming from fitness to to kava in this this space. 
I mean, what originally kind of drew me into this, um, besides the fact that like I didn't, I was never like a really big fan of like alcohol, um, but was always like very much into fitness, and a lot of people who are in the fitness know how detrimental alcohol can be to your workouts, to your diet, um, all that kind of stuff. Can you just give me like maybe your perspective and maybe some of our listeners out there, like why would you choose kava or maybe other botanicals over alcohol and kind of how that fits into a healthy lifestyle as far as like the, the fitness side of that? Oh yeah, this is such an easy answer tomorrow. That's the answer. If I go out tonight and drink alcohol, tomorrow's gone. Facts. Dude, that's <laughs> <Right>? facts. <laughs> All of your momentum that you gain going at 7 a.m. to the gym Monday through Friday, right? It's gone in one night out with an alcohol. You know, you're going to drink. You're probably going to order some pizza, the usual. Um, that doesn't happen here. You're also putting yourself at, like, a significant safety risk, right? Um, even having one drink and driving... Um, Arizona is especially tight out here about that and for good reason, right? So uh, that's one of the things I love about a botanical bar or kava or kratom or something like that is like you're not paying for it later. You can come in here. You can have a really great social experience. You'll actually be more connected with others, whereas I think with alcohol, it almost in some ways can create disconnection. Yes. Um, or inauthenticity, right? Dude, that, that is perfectly put. Kava verse you get like you get the real version of everyone and and yeah it's such a different experience <laughs> no that's very very true man yeah and i love how you put that um because i think that's something that people who aren't into kava don't really understand is you know when you drink kava it's like your authentic, your real authentic self comes out, especially if you are, you know, Marina, you talked about like anxiety. And if you are an anxious person, it helps to just break that wall down and let your authentic true self just come out where alcohol doesn't. It is just a mask and it, it's a downer and it just like hides you in a corner and masks you. Um, so I do, I think it really, that's what helps, you know, just have that natural conversation and just those real authentic thoughts, which is just, it's just awesome. <laughs> it is so awesome. And I think it's cool that Kava even has a, a conversation with your body. That's not as obvious too. So for example, if you are drinking, it doesn't even mix with Kava. It will immediately make you vomit. <laughs> so <Right>? like, <laughs> it, it forces you to pick a lane and be intentional about it. That's yes, very true. hundred percent. Well, we would love as we wrap this up for you guys to just sort of leave us and our um, leave our listeners with some final thoughts and let us know where we can find you both in person and on social media to just follow your journey. Yeah, I would say, you know, if you're on the fence, you've been kava curious, um, definitely give it a shot. Find a place that's local that can really support you with education that you trust, you know, has a reputation for quality products. Um, that is of the utmost importance that you have a great experience your first time. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to us at lacunacavabar.com. We've got a few different forms there on top of our website, emails, phone numbers. It's all pretty obvious. And we'd love to help answer any questions you have, you know, if you're on the fence and you, you think it's time for a paradigm shift, so to speak, in your life, like this is a great opportunity and you're going to find some really amazing, beautiful people in these bars. It's, 
it's people that are thinking the same way that you are. And that's why we all come together as one community in such a unique space. So, um, yeah, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be on this podcast with you guys, for the opportunity to be a steward of these plant medicines. And um, thank you so much. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you guys so much. And just for our listeners, um, that is Lacuna is spelled L-A-C-U-N-A. And you can find them on Instagram at Lacuna Cavabar and Lacuna Sedona. So L-A-C-U-N-A-S-E-D-O-N-A. So Marina, do you have any last words for our listeners? Yeah, I think Chase touched it really well in terms of just if you're new to kava. Let's say you're not new to kava, though, and you're like, you know what? I am sick of my job. I'm sick of living in the matrix the way I am. I need something to be different. Kava bars can also help, especially ours, with changing that aspect of your life too so what i mean by that is kava bars are these awesome places for collaboration i know we often work with a variety of vendors practitioners people who like to host workshops and we try to help them just as much as we try to help our staff grow in whatever lane they're in in whatever wellness aspect that is and I know it's so scary to make that first step sometimes, but all it takes is a conversation. And I love to talk to people about this. This is my life's greatest passion. So seriously, like reach out if you need anything at all. And I'm on Instagram as well as mocktails with Marina. And I'm always trying to post some more tips to help bring it into the whole lifestyle aspect of Kava, as well as, you know, how do you make these things at home? We like to share those recipes as well. No, that's that's awesome, especially for, you know, people just need the kava. If they are making it at home, especially if they want to make it, you know, a little bit more tasty, maybe have some friends over, right? Kind of make it a little bit more uh, inviting. <laughs> so that's cool. Hey, last tip I will say, you need a strainer bag for your kava. <laughs> yes. If anybody hears that knows what we're laughing about. <laughs> yes, 100%. No, <laughs> Well, cool, guys. Um, hey, I really enjoyed you all coming out to the show. Um, I have really good memories of being back home in Phoenix, being at Lacuna Cava Bar. So um, it was awesome being able to talk to uh, you guys, you know, representing it and kind of hearing a bit of the backstory. And also, you know, just obviously the, the pure passion you both have for um, not only your team and your two bars, but also, you know, kava and botanicals as a whole. Yeah, next time we're in Arizona, we definitely will make a point to um, stop by in Sedona and um, see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, we'll take you out and climb some of those red rocks. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I miss it. (laughs) All right, guys. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you so much.